Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Monday morning. If it's 6 a.m. and I'm on the internet, I should be looking at ESPN.com to see what the big stories are. But the reality is I'm on IMDb right now. A star is born, guys. Bradley Cooper, director, starring Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, and Sam Elliott. But in reality, a star was born in the NBA just a few hours ago. Luca goes off. Second year surge. We'll talk about it in a second. Welcome inside. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Presented by Progressive Insurance as part of the Fantasy Football Marathon. Presented by EA Sports NFL Madden 21. Remember to sign up and play fantasy football by going to ESPN.com slash FFL or downloading the ESPN Fantasy app. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Fantasy Insider Field Yates, coming up at 6.30 a.m. Eastern. He'll tell you where to draft Cam and Brady. Keyshawn, Jay, welcome inside. We have started week number two. How was your weekend? I hope it was better than Paul George's. Mine was cool. I, I did <laughs> Pandemic P? I did. Oh, we'll get man. to him. Oh, we'll we'll get to him. Brutal. No, mine was good. I took the family. We went out to the Hamptons and hung out, you know, did the whole New York. Name drop. One percenter thing, you know, <laughs> great restaurants. And Way to relate it? to the listeners, Keyshawn. Well, I'm just saying, that's what we did. And obviously, <laughs> obviously, Jay, if I say I went to the Hamptons, the first thing people go, oh, one percenter, he's a... That's what they're going to do. So I might as well get ahead of them in terms of that. But it was fun. My kids enjoyed it. Uh, walking around, you know, the interesting thing is, like I said, I enjoyed it. So because so, then people go, hey, is that really him? I don't, why would he be out here? That doesn't mm-hmm. look like him. It's like, well, yeah, it's, it's only a handful of us. So, you know, it's yeah. only a handful yeah, it's of only us. A couple. It's only a couple. It I must be an athlete. You must, must be an athlete. <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. What did you do? I, I was, uh, I watched a lot of games. I worked. I worked. My wife made me. Uh, some... Well, I watch games too. Yeah, but, you know. But I was working. Okay. So I was here. Well, I was with the. I was with my daughter Amelia, which is great. I got a story for you. So my wife made me some tuna, right? So my daughter is about to turn two years old, and I always kind of like watching games and run with her in the front yard. And I was trying to fix her diaper because she had a little bit of a wedgie, right? So I'm having the tuna, <laughs> eating the tuna, relaxing, watching the game, watching my daughter. You know, multitasking. I was like, "Come here, baby. Let me fix. Her. Let me fix your little your wedgie real quick." And I put the finger in there. Bop, bop. Fix it real quick. And I was like, yeah, I went back to the tutor, not paying attention. <laughs> oh, I, man. It on, happened, man. y'all. It happened. I was, oh, man. I could, I, I'm just being honest. I was Ace Ventura, pet detective. You know where, you know, he kisses. Yeah, that, that, I was in the shower with the gum and everything. It was a, it was a long weekend, y'all. <laughs> they oh. tell you to wash your hands for 20 seconds these days. That I may know. not have been it, enough, apparently, considering bad. the circumstances Really there. bad. And what did you do? Yeah. I watched the golf. Uh, I know you love to play golf with Mike yeah. Greenberg. I know you may not be a big golf guy, but Dustin Johnson, listen to this key. He shot a 30 under par this weekend in the yeah. tournament. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. First weekend of the FedEx Cup playoffs on Friday. Close to 59. Yeah. On Friday, he hit 11 holes. First 11, 11 birdies. 30 under par. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Tiger shot a 66 on Sunday, showing some signs of life. And you're wearing a fitted well. sweater. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> no, proud of I you like today. That sweater. Today's sweater. a big change. I'm the Indian Cal Ripken. This is going to go on for like <laughs> 2,150 consecutive days. But Z, I'm just slowly getting there. That sweater game is right. Yes. Because the color is right right it's fitted right it the cashmere on it is perfect mm-hmm. it, it's i you know i got a few of those in my stable they won't come out to like january february but <laughs> i got a few it's 84 degrees in august i'm wearing a sweater it's all good <laughs> um speaking of all good i mean luca we got to talk about this straight up here first dude with a 40 point triple double and a buzzer beater in the playoffs in the same game and oh by the way he didn't have his wingman and oh by the way He's continuing to ascend to a point that I don't think anybody could have expected a couple years into the league. I, I really didn't. I mean, the conversation was Trey Young or Luka. 
right? That was a that was for each other. that was. was a conversation. Pass so pass. I didn't, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. He's a Euro guy who came over who played. He's a little older. They lying about his age. Okay, I get it. <laughs> it but when you watch him, it's like, come on, man. Porzingis didn't even play, and that just goes to show you the moment was never too bright for him. Mm-hmm. When you don't have your wingman on the floor, then you can go out there and do what you did. Now, obviously, they didn't switch off the way that they needed to last night, and he got too much air in between him and the defender. And therefore, when you put the hand in the face, the ball was already gone. He knocked it down with 43.17 boards. When you think about how this young man has been playing, is ridiculous. He has them still in the hunt to clip the Clippers, no pun intended on that one, but, you know, it happened. It, it happened. You like but, saying that, don't you, as a Lakers fan? Clip the Clippers. Well, the Clippers are the – man, let's not – we're going to have that conversation because the Lakers took care of their business, but we can yes, have that did. conversation. Jay, but when you think about it, you talk about the top players in the NBA, and you mentioned it last week on our show that he was pushing himself into the top five conversation. He certainly is in the conversation. He's not there yet because you got guys in front of him that still dominate and still know how to play the game, and he's yet to really win big yet. I mean, he's showing us why he is who he is. And the great thing about this for Mark Cuban and for uh, Rick Carlisle, the head coach, is that they know that they got one. Mm-hmm. And, and usually in situations in sports in general, there's always moments, right? whether it's a Tiger Woods and he wins his first big tournament or whether it's a Kershaw who throws a, a 17 strikeouts or whether it's a basketball player who hits a buzzer beater or a football player who catches a touchdown at the end of a game, the next steps for them is, is just unbelievable. You'll never see it again. Now all of a sudden they take over the league. And this is where he's headed where – Eventually, we'll be having this conversation five years from now talking about, damn, we was there. We saw it. Mm -hmm. He's taking over the NBA now. How about this? He is, at this age, a more skilled, better shooting, not as athletic version of LeBron James. Whoa, you went there. Yes. At at this age. Okay, say it again. I'm not comparing him to where LeBron James is now, but when LeBron James was in the the league the second year. Second year. Right? Like. Think about where Luca is. I said he's a more skilled, more skilled, better shooting, better shooting, not as athletic version not of LeBron a, James. And, I, and I, that's probably true, right? And, and here's the real question that people at home true. should be thinking about: How many players in the history of the game could we say that in their second year in the league, we're talking about them as a top ten player in the game, in the game, right? I mean, who, who are you saying that about? Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal. Maybe D-Wade, maybe D-Wade, you're not saying that about too many people. He was the best player on the court last night. I'm saying that about a guy that, you know, other guys that won, you know, two finals MVPs in Kawhi Leonard. That's a whole other conversation, by the way. But I will say this, when you start thinking about the top five greatest players in the game right now, Mm -hmm. okay, LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, KD, Steph, okay, Harden, Harden, but like okay, Harden, Harden, Dame, Luca, right? Oh, Dame yeah. hasn't won any. I mean, Dame got to the Western Conference Finals, so is James, right? But like, Luca's right there. He's right there. We should mention the physical nature of Luca. Twenty-one is amazing, but so is his mental aptitude. His head coach Rick Carlisle calling him stunningly intelligent for twenty-one years old. Yeah, I really want to. He's so- 
he's such a smart player. Um, you know, he, he sees things ahead um, before before other people see him, and that's that's one of the reasons you know that he is so special. You know, not only his skill set, his, his strength, size, all that stuff, but the way he computes the game. Um, and you know, he, he sees the game in you know. 6G. It's not 5G. It's 6G. It's 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 another level beyond what, what most people see it. So, um, you know, just a just a very very special player. And this this game today was, uh, you know, was from another planet. 43, 13, and 17. What? What? Keyshawn? What? In a game winning bucket? I mean, first off, Kawhi switch. Don't get me going on that. First and foremost, you don't switch on Luka Doncic with Reggie Jackson. He's been having Reggie Jackson in a spin cycle the whole damn game. But forty three points and to do it like that without Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, he they on a bum ankle, on a bum ankle. It was a Willis Reed type of moment with him coming back in the game and playing through that. Well, you look. look we we both know what a special player he is. The, the, the key thing for me, though, is that he's able to take this game last night and take the next step, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, like make this game count for your future. And obviously, Rick Carlisle right there talked about how it's not too big for him. He sees it different than everybody else. Well, yeah, because he's been playing professional basketball for 20 damn years, basically. And when that happens, it's almost like, you were practicing in Europe for the NBA because Europe is not the NBA. Obviously, it's still some good players over there. So you use that, and then you take that skill set, and you bring it to, to the United States, and you just continue to evolve with it. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at what he's able to do. You feel good about your future and your team. Whether they beat the Clippers in advance or not, you know you got one in him. And it's a lot of, a lot of teams – that probably said to themselves that Trey Young was the better player mm-hmm. along the way. When they made the swap, they were like, okay, Trey Young's a better player. Yeah, well. Mm-mm. Future isn't bright. It's blindingly bright. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Sport Clips. It's a new season at Sport <clears throat> Clips. Haircuts, all stylists are clean certified and guy smart. Still to come, the franchise that gave us the answer now has a ton of questions. Namely, is it Simmons or Embiid? If one has to go. Who is it? We'll get the guys' opinions on that coming up. And we'll start in the NFL. The Ravens announced they terminated safety Earl Thomas's contract for personal conduct that adversely affected the team. In other words, we want our $10 million back. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter. And I ain't Schefter, giving them nothing back. <laughs> Thomas punched teammate Chuck Clark, one of the most mild-mannered guys on the team during practice, on Friday. Another Ravens news, Lamar Jackson has a groin injury, missed the last two days of training camp, should be back on the field today. We'll talk a little bit more about Earl Thomas's situation at 7.15 a.m. Eastern. Takuma Sato held off Scott Dixon and won the Indy 500 under caution. The race was in front of empty grandstands for the first time in its 104 runnings Oof. because of the pandemic. If you're kind of watching here on television, you can kind of sense, even without the crowd, it's intense. Sato, we're not seeing the pit there. It the is, The pit right? is one of the best places 
in all of sports if you actually got a chance to party at the pit at the Indy 500. Sato also won the Indy 500 in 2017. Congratulations on his second win. And in the NBA, congrats to Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. They dueled balled out. Mitchell 51, Jamal 50. Jazz win 129-127. They're up 3-1. And Jay, Mitchell became the third player in NBA history with two 50-point games in a single series. The other two, Iverson and Jordan. So as you know, Mike Conley, you're better off the ball. We want the ball in the hands of Donovan Mitchell all the time. That's for the new father, Mike Conley. Four more playoff games today, including the Bucks and the Magic. That'll start it out at 1.30 p.m. Eastern today. Keys Lakers will end it tonight with the last game of the quadruple header. From A to Z, brought to you by Redbox. Don't miss the Redbox 15K summer sweepstakes. Rent or buy any Sony movie for a chance to win. No purchase necessary for official rules and to learn more, including free entry via email. Visit redbox.com slash 15K sweeps. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Zubin Mahenti with you here on ESPN I, I Radio. I really don't like when you say my name. <laughs> yeah, hey, Keyshawn. I don't, I don't, I don't like Keyshawn. when you say Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn. I just don't. What, what do you want, Key? It just feels weird. Just say Mishan, <laughs> Mishan Johnson. No, because then you're going to get these newspaper people calling me Mishan and all that, and I don't... Uh, now that it annoys you, I'm calling you Mishan the whole time. Yeah, show. because it, it's not true, and it's ridiculous. That, it's, it's re- but you have Mishra, you have Mishams. Yeah, you, you, you said what, Ridiculous. 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 Yeah, it's ridiculous. But and, no, it just, it just sounds like my professor... Some saying my name. Gotcha. So I can't say all guests when they call on the Shell Pens Oil performance line will be speaking to Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, I don't like that. That's not. He's called you. He's called you an accountant, a professor. (laughs) It's very uh, professorial. I like this. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The Sixers. They weren't very progressive this year. They went in all-in last year with Jimmy Butler. Didn't work out. Blew up again. Got swept by the Celtics over the weekend. And simply put, Joel Embiid was not happy after the game. Not happy with this particular season. In the post-game press conference, he was asked this. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you think it's coaching? Do you think it's the bad luck with the injuries? All of the above? What would you say the issue is? Because, you know, like Brett may... That's a, that's, a, that's a very stupid question. There's no issue. We're good. We just didn't win. Uh, we all tried, and uh, uh, we could have done more. Uh, I could have done more, but like I said, that was a stupid question. There's no issue. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on, and uh, you just, you know, live and learn. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Key, give it to me it, straight. Does the, or uh, Jay, give it, it, it to me it, straight. It, no, it, good. You're well, hot on I was going to say it was not a, it was not a stupid question. Uh, go ahead. From somebody who watches basketball 
every day of his life. It wasn't a stupid question. He asked him what were the issues. Was it coaching? Was it injuries? It wasn't a stupid question. And I'll say this. Joel Embiid is the most frustrating player in sports to me. Mm. Most frustrating player in sports. The Celtics ran a high pick and roll key every possession. Every possession. And Joel Embiid was sitting back very much the way Shaq used to guard pick and rolls where if the ball was a high ball screen, he would just kind of sit at the free throw line and kind of wait for you. And that's where Jason Tatum and Kimball Walker and Jalen Brown, all these guys were able to get off. I will say this, after listening to Joel Embiid this whole year, we know Brett Brown's going to fall on the sword. Brett Brown is done. He's going to be the first to go. Bigger conversation about Elton Brand. He needs to take responsibility on building out this cast of characters as well. But if you're asking me, who are you picking to build a franchise around? If you're asking me to choose between Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, I'm taking Ben Simmons all day. Well, you, you... I'm taking Ben Simmons all day. I like his maturity. I like the way he plays defensively. He brings it each and every night. He may not be able to shoot the ball, but at least I know what I'm getting consistently. The league now, you can build around guys like Ben Simmons, where bigs like Joe Embiid, you don't really build around them. You think about the last time a big has led a team to a championship or really been an important part of a championship run. I mean, I've gone through it in my head a number of times already. And if you can get somebody to grab Ben Simmons, if you can get a team to, to give up a, a, a healthy ransom, you move Ben Simmons. And if you can give same thing with Joe B, if you can get somebody to give up plenty for him, whichever one, you move him. And, and if not, you stick, you stick there. Well, think about it. We had this conversation in pre-production. If you, if you have a team like, let's say, the Golden State Warriors, for instance, right? And they got the number two pick and they're willing to package something up to go and get a Ben Simmons, now think about what Golden State can look like in the future. I mean, is Philly willing to part ways with that, though? Are they willing to say Wiggins, the number two pick, and something in the future for Ben Simmons? All I'm saying is if you choose, and I I think that would be incredible if that were to happen for Golden State, I can only imagine a team where Ben Simmons, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green, and all the pieces that they have – but if you're Philly, if you do that, then you're saying you're committing to a big who's been injury-prone his whole career. I, I, and that, I, and that, that's a major problem. Even if you were to surround him with pieces like, hey, let's go off to Bradley Bill or Anthony Edwards, I don't know if you want to commit to a guy that you're not sure that he's going to be in a position at where the league is moving to as far as fast play, and he's always hurt. I understand. That's what I said. That's why my comment earlier was when you look at championship teams over, over the past, there's not really – a big that played a significant role in recent history. I mean, you know, outside of, I think the last one that I can think of was maybe Powell. Maybe Powell. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan. I mean, like the last though was, was probably, was probably Powell. So that, that's a decision Elton Brand has to make. But if I can get plenty for Simmons then I'm moving him. How about this? They're owed between five players $130 million next year. Four guys who are making over $100 million. Like, so eventually we have to start talking about Elton Brand here. And Doris Burke alluded to it on the broadcast. She said, hey, look, Brett Brown's going to fall on the sword. And a lot of it has to do with coaching. But also a lot of it has to do with the pieces that are being compiled around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You brought in Al Horford, later stage of his career, gave him a big deal. Tobias Harris, he's making the most out of anybody on the team. He's slated to make $33 million the next couple of years. 
And he played well last night, but before that, he was averaging 13 points so you per su- game. So it sounds like you're suggesting that they should just blow it all the way up. Uh, you, you just need to look at the entire scheme and rethink their whole strategy. Well, I, they, they should. Um, but what if they just run it back, Z, with a new coach? And a new coach comes in and inserts some sort of energy into the team. And maybe they get an opportunity to move past the first round for a change. Just need some shooting. It's a desirable job. There's a ton of talent there. Sam Hinkie, who started the process, actually signed Elton Brand as a player, and now Brand needs to figure out what to do with his players. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Still to come, instead of Earl Thomas giving Pete Carroll the bird while on a cart being taken (laughs) off the field, this time a team gave Earl the bird. And where could Thomas be landing next? The NFL's best insider has a very juicy answer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Did you say doozy? A doozy. A doozy. Please, don't, please tell me you've heard of that doozy. word. Please tell me you've heard of that word. I have. I just okay. never <laughs> heard a grown man say doozy before. It's my first time. Usually hey. a doozy comes with football stuff, though. It does? Yeah, yeah they usually yeah. The, the, announcer the, talk. Do you say doozy? No, announcer talk. Oh, no, announcer like, talk. Yeah. As you're pointing towards Zubin. I'm not an announcer. <laughs> I'm just here as talent. Zubin's a broadcaster. <laughs> I'm here to announce that Field Yates is almost ready to go. It's all part of the Fantasy Football Marathon, which began at 8, a, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern last night. It'll run through 9.30 p.m. Eastern tonight, so that's 25 and a half hours of continuous football talk, and it's great to have Field with us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Field, there's so many things to get ready for. You talk about all of it on the Fantasy Focus podcast, so I'm going to hit you up right here. If you're thinking about drafting Tom Brady or Cam Newton, inextricably linked, of course, at this point, where should that happen? You know, Zubin, I think that although our job at ESPN is to be the experts of fantasy football, one thing I do notice is that there is one area where 
fans and experts do not typically agree, which is the value of a quarterback in fantasy football, and specifically how soon you should be drafting them. Because here's the reality. Uh, there may not always be a lot of good real quarterbacks in the NFL. That's why players like Joe Burrow and the year before Kyler Murray and the year before that Baker Mayfield go number one overall. And that's why guys like Teddy Bridgewater or Tom Brady or even Drew Brees staying with his team, getting paid lots of money uh, to stay with their, their or, or to sign with a new team. But in fantasy, there are a lot of really good quarterbacks. So while Tom Brady is going on average in the eighth round, I think you can find exceptional value for quarterbacks much later on in the draft. You look at a player like, for example, Matthew Stafford, who prior to the injury that he suffered last year was on track for a top five fantasy season. He's going in the 13th round. So while I'm okay with people taking Tom Brady in the eighth round because he's going to have a massive season and Cam Newton in the 14th round, which is where he is currently going right now, I think that there is such great value that if you get them even later in the draft, it shouldn't necessarily be a surprise. But Brady is set up with such an incredible cast of players around him. And, you know, Cam Newton is a little bit um, – you know, I think sometimes we forget just how dynamic he was as a player. And it really wasn't that long ago. But in football, one full year of basically being hurt is enough for us to sort of forget just how impactful a player – can be as an individual. So I think both those players are going to be massive fantasy contributors this year. And I just think that where they're being drafted, you know, you can always find great quarterbacks late. What up, Phil? Glad you can join us this morning. The big story, obviously, this weekend is Earl Thomas was sent packing for Baltimore being cut. Uh, They're going to ask for that $10 million back. Hopefully they don't get it back from the player. But where do we go from here with Earl Thomas and who should he potentially land with? Yeah, so, Key, first of all, it's, it's, that, that $10 million is a really interesting story, right? Because the team is saying that he, he, doesn't, he doesn't deserve it. And uh, you're, I'm sure that the, the player, Earl Thomas, and the NFLPA will file a grievance um, right away uh, if that is actually ruled uh, in the team's favor. And we talk about guaranteed money in the NFL. Well, it was guaranteed until it wasn't guaranteed. So it's another wrinkle that people need to be mindful of when these players sign these contracts. But – you know, this story is a little bit of a cautionary tale for, I think, future employers because Earl Thomas was cut by a team after making $22 million in one year. Like, they just bailed. And a lot of reporting from our own Jameson Hensley about how it all went down and, you know, reports about how player, you know, his teammates were a motivating or a driving factor behind this decision in some ways. But here's the reality. First of all, NFL teams are always going to believe they can be the one that can resurrect the player, uh, the talent, if a guy has done something wrong or has had some personality issues. And then number two is that I don't believe the market is going to be so competitive for Earl Thomas now. He's going to sign a deal worth $14 million per season. But let's say there's an opportunity for Earl Thomas to sign, and I'm just making this up hypothetically, a one-year deal worth $5 million. Well, I think a lot of teams will say, all right, hey, we can have Earl Thomas, a guy who at the top of his game is one of the best free safeties we've seen over the past 15 years. Of course we'll be interested in that, but all eyes will be pointed towards the Dallas Cowboys. I know you guys are going to have Shefty on in about 30 minutes to get more of his insight on it, but I would just say that a lot of the dots seem to connect for Earl Thomas to go to Dallas, a team that could certainly continue to add defensive reinforcements. And it's not like Earl's height hit from it in the past. He wants to be there. He specifically told the Cowboys, come get me just a couple of years ago. 
even though Dallas seems like the landing spot for him, is there an outside chance that I know Jamal Adams is in Seattle, but we know Coach Carroll, and Coach Carroll will revisit ex-players in a heartbeat that helped him win championships. Even though Earl Thomas gave him the bird a year ago or two years ago, doesn't necessarily mean that that can't be revisited, correct? So glad you brought it up, Key, because I think it's one of the sort of wild cards in this situation, because you're right. As much as things did not end well with Seattle and Earl Thomas, they know what Earl is. They know all about him, right? It's the same scheme. I mean, it's, it's not like there's any studying or acclimation period that Earl Thomas needs. He shows up and he's ready to work. And they're going to be more comfortable with the schematic fit, the personality fit, the health fit, because Earl has dealt with some major health issues uh, during his time or did during the later portion of his time in Seattle. And part of, as, as you heard from Pete Carroll and John Schneider, on the record, after the, or the Jamal Adams trade, was just talking about how much confidence they have in this roster and the idea that, yeah, we're giving up two first-round picks, but what if we're picking somewhere in the late 20s or maybe even 31 or 32? Why wouldn't we make a trade like this? And at this point, what are you waiting for, right? Like, if you think you're all the way in, like, why wouldn't you consider a player like Earl Thomas who could make you better unquestionably? And Jamal Adams and Earl are two impact safeties. They just impact the game in very different ways. And, Earl Thomas would be an outstanding compliment. Yes, they have some young players that they've groomed there in the secondary in Seattle, but um, definitely not uh, calling it a foregone conclusion. But I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle, you know, revisited it. It just takes, makes too much sense that a player like that uh, would be on their radar. Like, just because uh, they know him and the price is probably going to be right. And I think that ultimately – uh, anything can happen right now. It's not often that we see a multiple all-time all-pro safety become available, you know, 10, 12 days before teams are beginning their initial prep for week one. Mm-hmm. FY, uh, Sunday morning, Coach Nagy of the Bears got a troubling uh, text about, you know, a lot of players testing positive for COVID. Uh, how big of a deal is this about these false positives out there in the NFL? Yeah, it's a big deal, Jay, in the sense, that, I mean, first of all, you, you know, there was, I mean, 77 people in total had false positives over the weekend, and it was between 10 and 11 teams that were impacted. So it's a big deal because it's a reminder that despite the fact that right now there are just three players on the reserve COVID list, out of 2,600-some NFL players, just, just how fine of a line there is, right? It doesn't take a bunch of people – Uh, acting poorly or irresponsibly or just contracting the virus. It takes just one person uh, being infected that could have a huge chain reaction. But I don't want to say it was a good thing for the NFL because I don't don't think any of this is a good thing. But in some ways, it was a system check. Because what happens if that was Saturday before week one? Are we playing games on Sunday? I don't know that we are. I don't know that we are playing games on Sunday if that, if that same thing that happened over this weekend happened three weeks from now. And so, as we've seen with every professional sport, leagues are learning on the fly. And I think that it's, it's, I don't, it's not a blessing in disguise because I don't think there is any blessings here. But in some ways, it's an educational point that will be useful going forward because it may not be the last time we have a false positive. We've already had not just this most recent instance that impacted a lot of teams, but players like, for example, Matthew Stafford, who we know on the record had an, a false positive. And it's 
not alarming in the sense that teams are frustrated and, and, and disappointed in uh, the system. It's just that the reality is that this is testing is not perfect and we have to continue to deal with the imperfections of it. And while also trying to play games that, you know, teams feel are very, very important. I'll tell you right now, as a fan, I'll be really hot if there was a false positive out there on a guy that I drafted in my fantasy sports <laughs> league. Uh, we obviously know that the NFL makes more money in sports gambling than any other league. What will happen if there is a false positive? Will Vegas pull those games off the board field? What happens then? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we have some very interesting, you know, either early Sunday morning or maybe even early Sunday afternoon uh, movement and action on the board, Jay, because to your point, I mean, people are invested wholeheartedly in this stuff, right? I mean, it's not just people that can make a living out of it. It's people that make a very, uh, you know, it's a perpetual hobby for them. So I think it's going to be really interesting and you know, I think we saw earlier this summer uh, how frequently, especially during uh, early non-playoff play in the NBA, I thought that was a good example because although uh, if there haven't been any major issues for the NBA, you know, early on in the bubble, there was still this sort of fear, this potential, and you had guys that were leaving the bubble, excused absences, and you had, you know, there was still, we hadn't gone whatever it was, whatever it is now, five weeks consecutive with zero positive tests. So I thought that was sort of indicative of how things are going to be in the NFL that, uh, you know, players have to get on a plane the day before a game, if they're traveling somewhere. And if we get word that, you know, someone, someone's not traveling, that could change things dramatically. So if you're playing fantasy football, if you're taking part of this ESPN fantasy football marathon right now, my best piece of advice is sort of threefold. One, if you are the commissioner of the league, this is the year that you're going to be empathetic and you're going to have the ability to be dynamic and nimble. Two, make sure that you build a bigger roster than ever. And if if you allow three extra bench spots this year, that's fine. And three, if you're not the commissioner of your league, but you have an opinion on something, speak your mind because it's a unique year in so many ways and that's going to impact fantasy football as well. You can check out Field on the Fantasy Focus podcast. Again, the marathon runs 25 and a half hours, ends at 9.30 Eastern tonight, and you can check out more of the marathon while watching SportsCenter, Get Up, Jalen and Jacoby, and NFL Live. We're all day, every day with the Fantasy Marathon. Field, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All right. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin reminding you to check out ESPN Audio at Home by telling Alexa to play news from ESPN. ESPN Audio at Home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance. Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. Is the NFL really ready for a spate, though, of false positives? Feel kind of mentioned it, but the teams that were really involved, the Bears, the Browns, the Steelers, the Vikings, the Bills, and the Jets, the Jets had 10 false positives and actually had a practice on Sunday, went through without their walkthrough on Saturday. The NFL has been clear. There have been more than key 100,000 tests done. The positivity rate has been a fraction of 1% and dropping. But this news over the weekend, I got to think for a former player and for Jay, who has family members that are immunocompromised, being in and around this situation is alarming. It it is. It's a little scary, but I think based on the numbers and stuff that you and Phil just read off, you still feel good about the possibilities of things turning out to be positive, meaning like you're going to play, things will be fine, as long as everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, which is staying safe and wearing their mask and washing their hands and not putting their teammates and themselves in harm's way. I think as a player, when you see these positive results like that, you go, okay, we we might have a season here. The only only question that comes into it is, 
you know, what happens if you have an outbreak within your team and you have to miss a couple of weeks? You miss two games. How does that hurt you in a division? How does that hurt you overall? That's, well, it's going to be the same issue that imagine, we're having with baseball to a degree, right? Well, imagine if you if it happens doing a playoff run yeah. like, and, and you lose one of your top guys or the top guy on your team, your quarterback or something like that, and all of a sudden you're sitting there trying to figure it out. But you knew the job before you took it. The league did. They, they understand the only way that these things were going to be somewhat in a, in a closed closet is by being in a bubble. And that you're not in a bubble, you're going to have positive tests come up. You just got to make sure that you catch it when you catch it. So here's the argument that I've been having from a lot of my family members out in Indiana because we talk about this all the time. Okay, if you're doing that for NFL players and the NFL is burning through and saying we're going to get through this and work through it, going through the roller coaster ride of the season, if you're a college athlete and you're looking at this, you're saying, okay, NFL guys are playing. We know they're getting paid. Why can't we play? I'm just saying, I, I, it, it, it kind of, especially if you're looking in, in, in the eyes of football players, you're looking at the NFL saying, okay, you are leading the way for football. If you're a college football player, you're watching the NFL, you guys are playing, why aren't we playing? It's a legitimate question. No, it is, but, but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the money, the liability, and I don't know that colleges are willing to take on that liability like the NFL. NFL but they're, got, taking on, they're taking it on for students on campus. Right. That's why you're seeing them remove students from campus. That's why I'm just it gets really murky. It gets a little bit confusing. Well, students on campus, that's their I guess students on campus make their decisions with their parents on what they want to do and whether they want to go online or go to actual classrooms where football players, you kind of leave it up to the commissioners, the NC2A, the head coaches, the athletic department to make that decision for you. And you say, well, they should be allowed to make the decision on their own. True, but there's so much liability that I don't think individuals like commissioners and people that have to sign off on it want to put their names on it. I mean, me, if I'm in college, I'm not playing. I'm just not going to play. Yeah. It, I'm just not. In the NFL, if I'm in the NFL, it's different because I am a grown-ass man <laughs> that can make my decision, and I'm getting paid to make this decision. In college – I'm helping the college make money. They're not doing anything for me but telling me I got a $70,000 education. Ooh, okay. Yeah, but you're also Keyshawn Johnson. No, I'm not How, talking you know, about, I'm not I, talking I, I about me. Saying, yeah, I'm just saying if I'm a college player. I'm not talking about me, Keyshawn, went to USC. No, I'm just saying if I'm a college football player or college basketball player, I'm not playing because I'm not going to help the university make money and I'm not getting anything out of it. But, if you come but it to also me, is you can also make the argument that a lot of players could get a lot of help from playing. I mean, look at Joe Burrow. He was a prime example that we talked yeah, about a couple years want, ago. I don't I'm want just people saying, using that but, but, Joe Burrow excuse. But, I'm not, but, but it's, a real, it's not an excuse. It's a realistic thing, though. It, you can increase your draft status if you did have the opportunity to play. There, there's, no question, there's no question there are individuals that will increase their draft status based on playing and having a good year and more film and out there. There's no question about it. But then there's also go back to the money issue. You're not splitting it up with me. You're not I, giving I us you anything. I mean, You're yeah. not doing anything for us but telling us to go on the field and play for you so you could put it on TV and get your television revenue. That's the only thing. And then you then people want to make these excuses on these social media things, as you know, Z, yes. very well, that <laughs> the athletes should be quiet. They're getting a free oh, education. No, I don't agree with that. that I don't agree with that. Of course we yeah. don't. Yeah. Because we know what that degree means at the end of the day. It's great to have, but if I don't make it to the pros, 
Is that universe? There's so many of my friends that was is not has not been as fortunate as I have my post career that have degrees and look for those universities to help them. And them universities won't even pick up the damn phone, man. Mm-hmm. You know that, Jay. Yeah, oh, I know that. They preach to you the whole time I- how great these degrees are. You go and you get them and you work your tail off in college and you're smart and you do everything you're supposed to. The moment it don't work as a professional athlete, you try to get a job. That alum dude, he uh, I'll call him next week. That's, yeah. that's the way they treat him. And I see it every day. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. One more note on the false positive. That is almost every single test that was false positive came out of one lab in New Jersey called BioReference. So there is the small possibility that the irregularity could have been at that one particular lab. What are you so upset about? Because you're killing New Jersey. Come on, New Jersey. We're both from New Jersey. <laughs> but that's y'all, y'all got to get it right, I man. know. Yeah, no, the lab's got to get it right. Just got to face right facts there. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Goodyear. Discover the possibilities. Goodyear, more driven. Jersey. Real quick here. Key, I know you wanted to hit on it. I'm going to give you 17 words here. Ready? We have terminated safety Earl Thomas's contract for personal conduct that has adversely affected the Baltimore Ravens. That's all the Ravens said. Well, that, What does that mean? That's it. Terse. Yeah, they want to get that $10 million back. This is a way to get it. When you conduct detrimental to the team, they will try to go get your money. I mean, that's just what it is. And he's probably had some, some, some issues with whomever in the locker room, different players, and, and as you saw Phil Yates, you heard Phil Yates say that Guys were willing to, you know, say, hey, man, get rid of him. Because Earl probably, Earl come with a different type of mentality, though. I mean, he comes with a leader mentality that they probably wasn't used to. And the way that he delivers the message, they probably wasn't used to. And he's a fire, he's a fiery little plug now. I don't, at the end of the day, that 5'10", 200-pound frame, no question, (laughs) when he came out, I was like, oh, yeah, he, he took one. I mean, he definitely it, it took one. just three years ago. I remember seeing Earl Thomas kind of run down the hallway to grab Jason Garrett and say, hey, come get me. Come get me. It was like yesterday watching that. Look, top 10 defense. If there's anything that 2020 has taught me, expect the unexpected. Man. And if we're starting to talk about the Dallas Cowboys yeah, right but, now. But watch and, out for Seattle. Jay. Okay. You think Seattle's going to sleep just, in there? No, I'm just saying just watch out for it because Pete has a history of bringing in players that people think. Ah, I don't like him. We don't get along. He didn't like me. He just brought back Marshawn Lynch last year. Still to come, playoff P's great so far this postseason. And F, we'll talk about it now. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.